from Broadcast Amsterdam, this is Streets of Fire with Jesse Lent. Welcome to Streets of Fire. My name is Jesse Lent. We are broadcasting live from Amsterdam in the Broadcast Amsterdam studios at broadcastamsterdam.nl. Though the influence of classic soul, jazz, and reggae is detectable in the music of my guest, singer-songwriter Ray Charmin, her style and voice is all her own, and that is undeniable performing at Odessa on November 18th and at Pacific on November 24th. I'm really happy to welcome Ray Charmaine to the show. Welcome, Ray. How are you doing? Hello, Jesse. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's, it's our pleasure. Um, we're going to listen to some of your music in a minute, and we're even going to perform a couple of your songs. But I wanted to just introduce our listeners to you a little bit first. Uh, you live here in Amsterdam. How long have you been in the Netherlands? Um, I've been living in the Netherlands since uh, 2017, so I'm coming up on my sixth year now. And where did you grow up? I am born and raised in Zimbabwe, Harare, the capital city. Uh, I did a four-year stint in Cape Town for my bachelor. And uh, now I'm here. And what brought you to the country originally? Um, I knew I wanted to study at the UVA, at the University of Amsterdam. Um, but I wasn't ready to go straight after school. So I did a gap year, uh, au pairing and just acclimating to the country. Right. And... Uh... When did you first hear about the Netherlands? I mean, what was it about? How did that university word, how did you know that was the place to go from Zimbabwe? Um, actually, from Cape Town, because um, at my university, there were a lot of study abroad students. So it was there were a lot of Dutch people, a lot of Germans, a shit ton of Norwegians. And uh, through that, I guess, it became um, part of my inner circle. And what are you studying? I am at the moment finishing my thesis in communication science research. And getting back to your music, uh, when did you first approach music? When did you start writing songs? Um, <laughs> probably crawling out of my mother's womb. <laughs> I was uh, that annoying child who's just like trying to... Um, imitate Mariah Carey, Christina Aguilera, belting out, probably out of tune, uh, with my parents being like, shut up, 
job. <laughs> and and you know, just so uh, really, as long as you can remember. I mean, what, what were you just like singing songs? Were you banging them out on piano? What what form were those early songs taking? Um, at first, it was just uh, if there was a song I like, I'd kind of make up my own lyrics to it. Um, and um, at one point, I thought I was gonna be. You know, singer, dancer, actress, triple threat on Disney Channel. So I was. <laughs> hey, the verdict's still not out on that. I'd say <laughs> you're more than halfway there. Maybe I at least a double threat. I, I mean, I've never seen your tap dancing before, but uh, <laughs> that's the triple threat, right? Choreography, singing, and uh, and and uh, well, I guess the third one, acting, right? Yeah. Do you act now as well? Yeah, I started off. Um, in, in high school doing musical theater and things like that. And now I'm kind of in on the lookout for an agent so I can get back to my roots. Oh, all right. Well, Ray Charmaine on Instagram. <laughs> Holler at her, any potential talent agents. Uh, so to back up, you come to the Netherlands in 2017 uh, from a place pretty far away, objectively speaking. Uh so what what are your first impressions when you get here? Um, well, I think I didn't really have a culture shock because I got to know a lot of Dutch people in Cape Town. Um, the only culture shock, I guess, would be the Dutch directness. <laughs> because that is a bit extreme at times, yeah. A tad bit, yeah, because in Zimbabwe, the way, or Southern Africans in general, people are like... They kind of dance around topics. Like if if I want to tell you that maybe you should change your shirt, I'll be like, I love your shirt, but <laughs> wouldn't I think green is probably even better, you know? Like, <laughs> but you don't really get that here, so kind of had to get used to that. And people are really tall, so those <laughs> were my two. <laughs> right, the tallest people in the world, right? In my the Netherlands, goodness. I think uh, from the census. Yeah, yeah, that is a, a, an adjustment. And, and when did you start performing your music here? Um, so I was fortunate enough that um, in Cape Town, I met a good friend of mine, um, Maringo, who's a, a musician here. And I think on my first week already, he was like, yeah, Ray, I'm playing a set here. So you want to hop on? And I just joined him for a few of his sets until through word of mouth, someone found me having seen me perform with him and that's how the the booking started rolling in I guess <laughs> that's amazing so pretty much from the first week you were here you've been hitting the stage yeah and um how do you think that your music's changed being here in the last five years or all the changes that the world has gone through how has it affected your own writing and your own art um Topics wise, I guess, because everything I write, I write all my music. And um, I think at some point, especially with COVID, I kind of hit uh, a bit of a peak where the songs were just kind of coming to me. It didn't have to be such a hard thing to to figure out the composition and stuff like that. Um, and with a lot of things happening socially in the world and um, the lockdown also gave me a lot of time to grow and change as a person. So I guess in that way, if that answers your question. Absolutely. 
Why don't we listen to a little bit of your music and then we'll talk about it on the other side. This is Ray Charmaine here on Broadcast Amsterdam Streets of Fire with Jesse Lent.
Charmaine on Streets of Fire with Jesse Lent. That is the song Grumbling. Some really interesting sounds, Ray. You were just telling me uh, that uh, off the air that these tracks have just been completed, still not mastered. So, uh, you know, uh, listeners take that in mind. But but really interesting stuff. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about what that song's about? Um. Yeah, well... This song, Grumbling, it was kind of uh, a song like, okay, you know when you wake up in the morning and you stub your toe and you're like, ah, oh, man. And then you go to the kitchen, then you spill your coffee and you're like, ah, oh, man. And then you run outside and you miss your bus, you know. This song is kind of pretty much uh, summing up this type of feeling when you're just like, yeah, that's why I, I go I'm grumbling. I've been grumbling all up in my head, you know. Just, I guess it was a way of turning frustration, something good out of frustration, you know, just having a bad day, frustrated by the times, frustrated by not being able to do all the things we wanted to do in the past two years due to COVID. And uh, yeah, I guess that's where it came from. And then walk us through like the process there. So you have that idea. Is that what comes first? Do the lyrics come first as the proverbial question goes? Do you hear the music first? What's your process like? Um, usually I'll just have one, like a melody in my head and that kind of de- develops the loop um, because most of my songs are like three or four co- chords on loop, on repeat. And then I'll probably just have one line and I'll sing this line over and over and over again until the second one appears. The third one appears, so it's kind of like patchwork. Mm. And how long would you be singing that one line? It depends. I could do that for two minutes. I could do that for two weeks. It it really literally depends. And I'm not really a person who sits down to write something or else it feels like a bit forced because I did like literature and poetry before, so anything could seem fine, but... I'm not really going for fine, you know, so I kind of need the song to come to me or else if I force it, it just feels like hmm, this, that's good enough. That's fine. Yeah, there's so much of that. I always feel like you can hear the songs where someone was just hammering them out to get them done. And the ones that I'd like to think anyway, that that came from some whatever you want to call it came from somewhere else right from the ether just tapped into the ether yeah i mean i guess this might be an impossible question but uh is there any way you could describe what it is when you hear the 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 line that drives you forward when you know you have the next line what's so different about that line than maybe all the other ones that you've been knocking around um, I don't know if I could answer that question about my own song, so I, uh, maybe I'll ask you. I'm genuinely curious. 
Well, I'm, I'm a person, even in the way I communicate, I try to say exactly what I mean. So sometimes it comes by mistake. I could be watching a series and then someone says something and I'm like, oh, wow, that's like, mm, screaming bloody murder. Oh, shit. Oh, and then a screaming bloody murder. Then it kind of just, or maybe sometimes I hear a lyric and I completely get it wrong. And then I come up with my own version of it because I can't remember and I can't be bothered to look up the song. And then it comes out of that, you know. I end up making a whole different version and that births something bigger. So this other song that we're going to listen to, uh, what's what's this song called? This one is actually called Bloody Murder. <laughs> Pretty good segue. That's how you do it, radio people. Um, <laughs> so what can you tell us about this song as far as uh, what it's about and, and where, you were at, where you were at when you were working on it? <clears throat> Um, well, this song, it's uh, a bit interesting for me how it came about because um, I patched two songs together. I had two unfinished songs and I just could not make them I, like what I wrote for one, whatever half it was, I just could not extend it anymore. For some reason, it felt like I should not add anything more here. And then the second one was the same thing. And then... At some point, I just sang them one after the other, and I was like, that's it. I had actually finished it. They just were in puzzle pieces. And the title, Bloody Murder, actually comes from um, this book by Steve Biko. Um, this was actually during... I read this book during... Um, um, in the first June of the lockdown, when there were all these Black Lives Matter protests going on. And the book, it's actually an apartheid book talking about the freedom fighters in in South Africa. And Steve Biko said something along the lines of um, the liberals have no urgency to do anything because they may be allies but are not actually feeling the pain that the South Africans are feeling. And then once the South Africans are rallying together, they screaming, they start screaming bloody murder. And I was like, hmm. And I could not get this line out of my head. And the verses um, were more about myself. I was, because um, it goes tired of making myself smaller for a self-minded someone, tired of making myself simpler for a small-minded someone. And it was just more of an internal thing and um, figuring out who I am, how I feel, what I think I deserve in general. <laughs> Let's have a listen. This is Bloody Murder by Ray Charmaine on Broadcast Amsterdam. They do it just to let the time pass. Always find adding harder over the simple ass. Please respect my time now, found peace at last. Always find adding harder over the simple task. They do it just to let the time pass. Always find adding harder over the simple task. 
But I don't feel like talking Cause my words are quite a journey And I don't feel like walking So please don't stress me out I was fine where you found me Fine where you found me fine 
Ray Charmaine on Streets of Fire. That was Bloody Murder. And uh, great track, Ray. <laughs> and uh, um, now we're actually going to try playing a couple songs for you live here in the studio. So this is a first on Streets of Fire. Bear with us, everyone. We, we hope this works. And uh, uh, is there anything you want to tell us about this first song, Numb? Um, well, yeah, sure. This first song, um, it, uh, I think I wrote it. I say Danny a lot, and I was talking to... I wrote it as if I was catching my, best, my then best friend up on how my life was going. And I say, I can't find my brother anywhere. I can't find my sister anywhere. And this was more just about how, um, how people drift apart, how friendships change, and uh, you can love people from afar. And then, yeah, at the end, the chorus is just saying, feeling numb because you can acknowledge that you miss someone, but not per se want to have them back in your life and you get into a state of I guess numb acceptance three four That's what it takes. I 
I'll leave it all behind and I won't hesitate. And don't it feel so good to be num na 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 num num. It feels so good to be num na num na num na num na num na num. Yeah, num na num na num na num. Don't it feel so good to be? Nam na nam na nam na nam, yeah. Nam na nam na nam na nam. It feels so good to be. Nam 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 na nam na nam. It's just another item on the list of things I gladly miss. I'd rather not belong in that is why I reminisce about the day. The day the times have changed. It's just another item.、Mm. It's just another item on the list of things I gladly miss. I'd rather not belong in that is why I reminisce about the day. The day the times have changed. It's just another item. Don't it feel so good to be num na 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 num? It feels so good to be num na num na num na num na num na num. Yeah, num na num na num na num. Don't it feel so good to be num na num na num na num? Yeah, nam na nam na nam na nam. It feels so good to be nam. Nam na nam na nam na nam. Nam na 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 nam. All right. <laughs> Was I a little early on that ending? Did I did I end that all right, Ray? No, you smashed it, Jesse. All right. Thanks a lot. People just aren't telling me I'm smashing it enough. That <laughs> that feels good to hear. That's the beauty of this. I have that on record now. You know, I can can make that my ringtone.、Um, <laughs> excuse me to anyone listening at home if if I sound a little weird. Ray's laughing because my mic. Uh, you know, we're we're a small independent radio online radio station here, broadcast Amsterdam. I'm making use of my one microphone, which is pointed at my guitar, and so I'm sort of contorting my neck into a strange.、Uh, I don't know even what what you'd call this a a a elastic man like contortion, <laughs> but but、uh, I guess I could move this microphone. But I think it sounds pretty good. I like the angle I've got. So instead, I will I'll just say,、uh, Ray, we're gonna do one more tune before I readjust my mic. Um, called Gray, and、um, this is a really interesting song. Very, although I have, I, I, I hate I, when I listen back to these shows. I, I've realized I use the word interesting about a hundred times an episode. So, <laughs> you heard it here first. I am banning. I Jesse Lent am banning myself from using the word interesting more than once a show on Streets of Fire. But no, this song is is very unique in in its simplicity and also. Uh, the lyrics have some、uh, have a very、uh, unique perspective. So, can you tell us a little bit of what this song's about? Um, okay. Um, well, this song, Gray. 
Uh, when I refer to gray, I mean the gray area. It's kind of a song that I wrote. Um, yeah, when like I'm a person who you know likes to have a plan, even though I divert from it all the time. So what's the use? But it is there, you know. There is a plan, but there are situations where you just have no control over, especially in relationships, especially in in your work, in your career, and everything, you know. And for me, um, this song was just kind of. Um, I just had to submit to the gray area and accept that and you know when in doubt do nothing kind of became my motto along the way so yep one two three <clears throat> What you mean Oh honey Why you never worry about me Tell me what you see Cause I cannot believe That I'm the only one Worry about me Tell me who you trying to be Tell me what you see When you never worry about me I could be a woman of extremes But for the sake of my energy I just find myself in grey So I find myself in grey So I find myself in grey so I find myself in gray So I find myself in gray So eerie, whoa, I find it eerie that eerie how you turn so cold. I find it eerie, so eerie, whoa, I find it eerie that eerie how you turn so cold. I find it eerie, so eerie, whoa, I find it eerie that eerie how you turn so cold. I find it eerie, so eerie, whoa I find it eerie, that eerie How you turn so cold I find it eerie, how you turn so cold I don't understand it You prioritize your feelings over the goal I cannot believe ya but even with my pride, I put that it aside Oh, am I the only one worried about this? I'm a woman made of dreams But for the sake of my energy, I just find myself in grey So I find myself in grey Why you never worry about me? So I find myself in grim I the only one worry about me So I find myself in gray When you never worry about me So I find myself in gray
So I find myself in gray. Why you never worry about me? So I find myself in gray. Am I the only one worry about me? So I find myself in gray. When you never worry about me. So I find myself in gray. Ray Charmaine. <laughs> <laughs> now I can put that mic back. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was really fun. That was uh, that was a new one for me. Certainly, uh, uh, as I was saying to you, it's a bit like my uh, my personalities are combining. I have performed on the show before, but uh, I got Kathy to introduce me so that I could uh, put my broadcaster hat on. It's it's a bit dizzying, but but it's but it's fun. Hopefully, we can do this again. Um, so yeah, I, I guess in the, in the last little section of the show that we have, I wanted to sort of get into talking about, um, your process in the studio. I know that you have, excuse me, put this guitar down. Um, that's <laughs> what all that commotion's about. So I know you're working with a couple different producers and maybe you could just describe to our listeners um what that looks like in the studio and, and where you sort of begin and 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 what your approach is well first of all jesse i think uh your listeners deserve to know that you only heard uh the first song just yesterday and the second one maybe a day or two prior to that so really great job with your uh, guitarist head on. <laughs> <laughs> well, get out of here. Thank you. You're a sweetheart for saying that. Hopefully that wasn't clear to everyone without having said it, that I just heard the song. So, uh... <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> um, and to answer your question, um, I'm actually only working with one, uh, producer. Oh, excuse me. It's, uh, I do work with different, um, musicians because I get booked as myself. And then I either bring a guitarist on for a smaller set or a full band with drums, trumpet, saxophone, bass, everything, the whole shebang. <laughs> but in terms of um, recording, I'm working with uh, a really great producer who's kind of been my mentor, um, Mark Oman. He's the, um, the band leader for this um, Afro Grooves, this band that he has within himself um but yeah i um spoke to him a few times and he was like yeah let's get in the studio and uh he's like the two songs that you listened to that we played already he was playing guitar playing the the bass he played every single instrument on those on those uh songs we played and then uh, some of the instruments are my voice, like when I go, I was trying to imitate a, a saxophone or something, and I just didn't have one at hand at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm glad you brought that up, because I noticed that too, and, and I think that's really neat, you know, as being a big Beatles head myself, there's a lot of Beatles tracks that you think it's a horn or something, and it's just somebody uh, singing along 
I'm thinking of McCartney too, like doubling a sort of tuba part with his voice on I will. You know, I think it's really interesting up the band word. And eh, eh, it's not interesting. It's wonderful. <laughs> Take a shot every time. Jesse yeah, says, exactly. Take it. Yes. For anyone following along at home. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you the alcohol of your choice, you know, uh, but something strong. Uh, yeah. So there's a really um, arresting layering of that those sounds that you were just talking about, this the sort of trumpet-like sounds with your own voice. And I think a lot of producers, you know, myself included, would have been tempted to layer more stuff on there. You know, we live in the age of digital recording, sort of endless tracks, right? Endless uh, space to layer and layer and layer, sometimes to the benefit, often to the detriment of the music. So who is it there that makes the decision that this song is finished? Is that you or is that Mark Oman, the producer? Well, I am really blessed to have um, a producer who uh, shares my vision. So it's kind of like I already come in there with a bit of uh, an idea of what I want. And usually when it comes to layering things, I kind of just like layering my own voice a few times, maybe three or four voices, um, especially on the first song we played. I I was like, there were like three of me, one being like, fine where you found me, the other one being like, don't you know that I was fine? And kind of bringing different personalities to it. And with Mark, sometimes he's like, hey, Ray, stop. Just, you'll just stop recording and be like, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if we just add like, like a layer and we just put a filthy bass on it. And I'm like, let's hear it. I'm like, yep, that's what was missing. So it's very much a collaboration. And as I said before, I'm happy that we kind of share a vision. I think that's so critical with who you're working with in the studio, because maybe this hasn't happened, but let's say in that scenario, you just painted that you hear that nasty bass and it doesn't quite do to the song what your original impression is, would you feel then obligated to go with it because he's he's put this work into the track and, and feels really good? How comfortable do you feel uh, saying, you know what, you know, sort of uh, popping his balloon, so to speak, and saying, <laughs> sorry, uh, I, I, you know, and, and this is of course has nothing to do with, with your producer himself, but this is a situation I think anyone in the studio has found themselves in at some point where you, you have to tell someone an uncomfortable truth. Um, in my particular case, um, with Mark, the, the guy who's been producing, I've not found myself in that situation. I doubt I will find myself in that situation, but I am very comfortable with uh, bursting people, <laughs> bursting people's bubbles, if it doesn't <laughs> fit my vision because, it, yeah, I need to, as I said before, if I need to say exactly what I mean, and if that doesn't translate in the music, then there's really no point in in bringing out half a vision. What do you think makes a good producer? I mean, what are some of the things that attracts you to Mark Oman's style in the studio, for example? Um, he listens. 
he has no he keeps an open mind he adapts to uh, my vision and adds to it instead of taking away from it so whatever um, suggestions that he brings are in line with how he thinks I intend the song to be so as I said I've been lucky never to have a you know having to burst the bubble moment because and like even when we started uh, recording he asked me for each song can you tell me what the vibe what vibe are you trying to go for and then whatever suggestions he brings are in line with that so he sort of lets you call the shot and then he 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 takes it or lets you call the tune maybe would be more accurate and then then dances to it everything he brings needs to be or she if we're talking about your ideal producer perhaps in the future that producer might be female they need to everything they're bringing needs to respect the vision as you've shown it to them is that what you're saying um yes but yes and no no because um I have been told many a time, uh, this is not, it's not really um, aligning with, like perhaps sometimes my own vision of what I've said can be contradicting. Like I can make a, a contradiction in one suggestion where then he's kind of like, but is the, what are we doing here, you know? So he's not afraid to... Um, to pull the reins a bit, you know, when I'm now flying and having all these unrealistic ideas or something like that. So um, it's more that he he has the um, collaboration. Let's just say it like that. He adds what needs to be added, but he's not afraid to like pull the reins and rein me in a bit, <laughs> which I definitely need from time to time, I must admit. Uh, that was actually going to be my next question. I mean, how much do you like a producer to, I don't know the best way to describe it, intervene, shall we say? You you use the words pulling back the reins. How 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 much do you want to be let go and how uh, to sort of just create in the studio? And how much do you want someone jumping in and saying, okay, well, that's the vocal take. Now we can move on. Uh, you know, how much structure are you looking from that producer? Looking for, rather. Um, well, in terms of what I'm hearing, all the layers and stuff, I usually have that uh, unlock already. But um, so if I would have to be a producer, I, I can tell you what I want to be done, but I don't know how to implement it. And that's where Mark comes into play because he will make a structure in terms of, okay, so we're going to start with the vocals or we're going to start with this and start with that. And he kind of gives me direction that comes from the years and years and years of experience that he's had with his own projects and projects with other people and just as a musician and a band leader slash producer in general. Are there other producers or artists that you'd like to work with in the studio or that you think uh, really have an interesting approach in the studio? I have 100,000 producers and artists who have... <laughs> <laughs> Well, give us maybe five. No. Uh, are there any that, that are at the top of the list? Um, do you mean local or you mean like Dream? Well, we are a local station. Local's good. <laughs> But uh, uh, dream is fine too. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a a hands-off producer on this question and let you go as far out as you want. 
I will go for the dream answer because I know a lot of local musicians, and if I mention one and not the other, <laughs> I'm I can't fight. Like I don't right. want to be found out in the streets. I get in the it. Alley. So <laughs> hopefully we're having that kind of effect on the streets. <laughs> Tell a friend about Streets of Fire on Broadcast Amsterdam. But uh, I digress. Um, I would definitely love if if this would be my dream 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 artist would you know lauren hill if you're listening out there mm. <laughs> i'm definitely a lauren hill fan and erica badu fan i interestingly enough i would love to work with john mayer if that would ever be some sort of possibility um i don't know if this is a, a bit of a random one but I would love to work even with like Dolly Barton, you know. Oh, genius songwriter. Absolutely. <laughs> Just inducted into the Hall of Fame this week after she initially turned them down. They talked her into it. And John Mayer, who I wouldn't have expected on that list either. A lot of people don't seem to be aware of the work that he did on Frank Ocean's second album, Blonde. He's playing all of the guitar on that record, which is fascinating. I am uh, not particularly a fan of his music, but... I am a huge fan of the work that he did on that record. So I, I uh, he, he's definitely a, an interesting presence uh, in the studio. And hearing it, you say Erica Badu and, and Lauren Hill is, is uh, I don't know, somehow satisfying to me because those were two people that I heard in your voice. Um, but, you know, those are just such massive artists. I think probably a lot of singers aren't. Uh, well, uh, you'd be hard pressed to like get away from that sound in some regards. But uh, anyway, I think that that you honor the sound of both of those singers uh, very uh, truly. Dolly Parton was not my initial impression of, upon hearing your voice that you were a big Dolly Parton head. But that's cool. I think that's great when artists have people they like that they don't uh, sound anything like. Right. Yeah. I mean, for example, John Mayer. um, a lot of my songwriting was came from like listening to his albums, you know, the one with Free Falling, you know, the she's a good girl. So you're talking about Tom Petty now? No. I mean, yes, Tom Petty, but John Mayer did a... Um, oh, he did a cover of Free Falling. Did I did not know it. that. So okay. I, I'm using this as an example because I can't remember what the the album name is. So I'm just saying it's the one where he's got Free got Falling you. on. Got you, right. It. And uh, as for Erica Badu or Lauren Hill, um, I'm also uh, a spoken word artist. So a lot of my spoken word came from from this era of music because I was I I didn't really I was never attracted to like rap singing. You know, it always felt like you know I have to put on my hip hop persona or something. But with spoken word, it feels like it's just poetry in motion, poetry accompanied by whatever music you decide um, fits the what you're trying to say at the moment. And in terms of Dolly Parton, as you said, it's more about her songwriting. And there's this one song in particular. Um, there's a South African group called Ladysmith Black Mambazo. We played them on the group actually, on the show a couple of weeks ago because they're performing in the Netherlands this month. Yeah. Really? Yes, coming right up. I, I'll I'll get back to you on exactly when. Nice. Well, Dolly Parton has a song with Lady Smith Black Mambazo, who also had a song with uh, Phil Phil Collins. No, with the 
someone else. I'll have to... Paul Simon, you're thinking Paul of, on, on the Graceland record. Yeah. Exactly. Diamonds on the Soles of Her Shoes and, and those songs. Yeah. Exactly. And with the Dolly Parton song, she's got a song called Peace Train. I don't know if you ever heard it. And with, like this one run she does where she goes, ooh wah come on, Peace Train. That had Africa written all over it, but she still maintained herself, you know, and in terms of songwriting, yeah, she's got my vote. <laughs> and that that's a Cat Stevens song, uh, who also known now goes by, I believe, Yusef Islam. Is, uh, mm. uh, but you know, Cat Stevens, who wrote so many great songs in the '60s, "Peace Train," and uh, he he wrote, "If you want to sing out, sing out," and uh, "Wild World," uh, "Father and Son." He's got a million. Hard-headed woman, million songs that I really love. And uh, actually, odd thing about Cat Stevens is he was pulled off a plane in, I think, 2002 because as a Muslim, he had donated to a mosque who had donated to some organizations on a U.S. watch list. And it, it just seemed to me at the time, I remember being a kid, but thinking, wow, this things have gotten really silly if we're pulling the guy who wrote Peace Train off of a plane... <laughs> Uh, you, you know, for possibly being a terrorist or having terrorist ties, I'd say things have definitely gotten out of control. I'm just staying right here. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we listen to a little of this song, or why don't we? Why don't we have a listen to this uh, Dolly Parton version of uh, "Peace Train"? This is Dolly Parton and Lady Smith, bon Black Mombazo. So long, Dali Wesulu no Mshaba. Now I've been happy lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be something good has begun. Out on the edge of darkness, there rides a peace train. Peace train, take this country, come take me home again. Now I have been smiling lately, thinking about the good things to come. And I believe it could be something good has begun. Peace train sounding louder, right on the peace train.
Lady Smith, Black Bombazo, and Dolly Parton doing a Cat Stevens cover, Peace Train, at the suggestion of my guest, Ray Charmaine. And Ray, I'm so sorry to say this, but that show is actually back on October 6th, the Lady Smith, Black Mombazo show. So we missed it by about five weeks. Hey, you know, I can't keep all these shows straight in my head. My but heart. <laughs> my heart is literally <laughs> I'm sure they'll be back. Um, but uh, yeah, look, the hour appears to have come to an end. Thank you so much, Ray, for joining us on Streets of Fire this week. Thank you, Jesse, for having me. And Ray Charmaine is performing at Odessa. Both of these shows are in Amsterdam at Odessa on November 18th and at Pacific on November 24th. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening to Streets of Fire. You can get in touch with me at streetsoffireradio at gmail.com. My name is Jesse Lent. We are also available as a podcast uh, and uh, you know, on Spotify or uh, various other outlets. So uh, check us out on Spotify and we will see you next week. Until then, I'll see you in the crowd. Peace train sound.